We are delighted that you're here today, and thank you to all of our guests. You, you honor us by being here. Last week, Pastor Benton did an amazing job closing out our last series. And because he did such a great job, I'm going on vacation more often. And, uh, and but we are we are launching our new series today, and that's the series Storm Changers. Storm Changers, and. And in this series called Storm Changers, we are going to follow the example that Jesus provided us in uh, learning how to address the storms of our lives and change the storms of our lives. And the reason why we're doing that is because we know, we know a fundamental truth about life. Every life has its storms. Just like every night has its dawn, and every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every life has its storm. Yeah, it does. Let's do it together. Ready? One, two, three, four. Every night has its dawn mm-hmm. And every cowboy sings a sad, sad song And every life has its story Yeah, it does That's my favorite part <laughs> If you're a guest in the house today, you probably never thought you'd have a chance to sing a poison song in church. And the altars will be open after service for all who feel condemned. Amen. Every life does have its storms. Every life goes through ups and downs. We, we, We face stuff in life that we just never sometimes thought we would ever face. And so to, to identify a storm in life, we're, we're going to call a storm a dramatic situation and or events that spring up and they disrupt life. They affect our daily lives and what we're trying to do. In October of 2017, the TV, the TV show Storm Chasers debuted on Discovery Channel. And in that particular uh, show, they had a they had several teams of scientists that would get into um, protected vehicles and they would travel around the Midwest chasing tornadoes and chasing storms that they could film. And the idea was that they were in these specially designed cars so that they could get into the tornado without being, theoretically, without being hurt. I say theoretically because some actually did get hurt. One, I think, died in the process of of doing this. But that the idea was we can get into the middle of the storm and we can study it and and be able to track storms better and be able to uh, predict when storms are going to happen more uh, with greater accuracy. And so so that was the idea of the show. And Christy really enjoyed watching the show and I loved sleeping while it was on. And, (laughs) And the fact is, is that that uh, we were one night, we were talking, I had come back from a bunch of meetings and, and I'd gotten out of one particular meeting with a, with a particular family that it just seemed like every time they turned around, they were facing difficulties. 
They were facing uh, uh, challenges, and, and, and we, were, we started talking about human nature and how humans, how we operate and how we think and, and how we do what we do. And, and we found out, we just, in our conversation, we, we decided that, that there are some people in life that find themselves in storms, and then others find the storms they're in. And Christy kind of jokingly said, those who find the storms they're in, those are the storm chasers. And I got to thinking about that. And initially, this, this series was going to be called Storm Chasers. But the fact is, God has called us not to be storm chasers, but to be storm changers. There are three types of people that are, that are hearing the sermon. And the, the first is the storm chasers. You have never seen a storm you don't want to get in the middle of. And, and you, you may talk about the drama in your life. But when there's no drama in your life, you, you create it. We can still be friends. But you exist. You're a storm chaser. You're going to get it because sometimes it makes you feel alive. Sometimes it makes you feel excited. It makes you feel like there's something going on in life. And then the other people, they, they are not the storm chasers, but they're the storm survivors. They've been through storms in life and they've survived those storms and and they can tell you stories about how that storm happened. I mean, it was the perfect storm and I survived. And then we have the storm changers. Those people who have identified ways in life to say, I may not be able to stop everything about the storm, but I'm going to change the storm that I'm in in life. And I would submit to you and I today that God created his children. He's empowered his children to be storm changers, storm changers. In fact, let's look at the scripture today. Mark chapter four, verse number 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in in the boats as he was and, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the storm, on the stern rather, asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care what we, that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now the context of the scripture is that Jesus has been teaching all day long. And he was teaching by the lake and, and people began to gather. And as they did, the crowd got so large that he kind of pushed offshore a little bit on a boat in order to be able to address everybody and for everybody to be able to hear him. And as he's speaking, he speaks all day long. He becomes very tired. So instead of pulling back into the shore, getting out into the crowd, making his way through the crowd in order to be able to find a place to rest, he calls his disciples to him and says, let's get on this boat and y'all take us across to the other side of the lake. It was about a five mile journey. And so he said, y'all row us across and, and I'll, get, I'll get a little bit of rest while we're on the way. And so they began rowing, but as they're in the middle of the lake, in this, in this journey, all of a sudden the wind begins to, begins to, the, to peak and, and now they've got waves and now they've got a storm on their hands and the waves are high and the wind is crazy and, and they are just absolutely having a difficult time and they are afraid. Now, by yourself, you have no authority over the wind. And by yourself, you have no authority over the waves. By yourself, you don't have authority over the storms that you're in. 
But here's our big idea today. When Jesus is with you, the storm can be changed. When Jesus is with you, the storm can be changed. You are not a victim of the storm when Jesus is in your life. But you have the ability to change the situation. You may not be able to change what's going on out there, but you can absolutely change what's going on in you. And I have three thoughts for us today. And thought number one is this. Changing the storm means changing me. If you're a note taker, there's a a page there in your bulletin for you to be able to take notes, and I encourage you to do so. But changing the storm means changing me. Now, the natural storm that these guys were in and this boat and the wind and the waves and all that, that, that meant calming a natural storm. That means stopping wind, stopping waves. My aunt and uncle tell a story years ago, uh, they pastor in Birmingham, Alabama, and, and years ago they were, they was, uh, they were uh, under a tornado watch during a service. And they, and I mean, Alabama, that whole area is just tornado after tornado during certain times of the year, and, um, which is why the Lord's never called me to Alabama. And, the, uh, and so <laughs> this is all happening. And they're in church. They know that they know what's going on. They can hear the sirens. And so they just continue to have church and they have uh, one of the ushers goes outside to to look out the door and just, you know, see what's happening. And if a tornado's coming, he's just basically going to yell and make it, tell everybody to lay down on the floor. There's not much else they can do. And across the street from them is a, a rate horse racing track. And, and he said he watched the tornado come across the horse racing track right at them. And as he's watching... The service is going on and he's going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. You know, your prayer life gets really good when you see stuff like that. I mean, you are, you are dialed into the spirit right in that moment. And so, and so he's praying and he's praying. And, and as it comes across the racetrack, um, he watches it as the tornado lifts into the cloud. It, it comes over the church and about a quarter of a mile on the other side of the church, it dropped down again and continued its journey. Now you can say that wasn't God, but that church believes that it was God and God spared them in that moment. The storm continued on around them, but there was peace in their world. Changing the storm means changing me and the storms we're talking about today, there aren't any natural winds blowing, but the disruption to life is as great as any hurricane or tornado. And, 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 and we, we work through two different types of storms in life. The first is an external storm. The second is an internal storm. The external storm is the one that we hear about the most. It's the family issue that's going on over there, or it's the job situation that's happening over here. We we hear about the storms that, the financial storm that's brewing over on this side, or or that we're living through right now. These are external storms. They're they're affecting our lives, and there's not really anything that, that we can do to stop those things sometimes. Sometimes it's not even happening in our life. I can tell you when my son is going through something, uh, I'm affected by the storm that he's in because I love him and because I'm invested in him. That's an external storm. But then there's the internal storms, and those are sometimes less talked about. But I, I believe that they're somewhat more damaging to us long term. Because these are the storms that happen when those, those negative thoughts begin to invade our minds and, and suddenly we're thinking pessimistic and negative thoughts about ourselves. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're, we're beat down with depression and anxiety. 
We, we're trying to do the best we can, but we just don't think we're enough. We just don't feel like we can do it. And, and, and it's, just, it's just down, down, down. We get, we get beat down. And sometimes those, those negative things are held within us. They're an internal storm that's going on. Fears are weighing on our shoulders and, and we're, we're fighting through it, but, but it's still raging. And, and on the outside, everything looks peaceful. But on the inside, everything is messed up. Crazy is happening, and it's all held within us. Both internal and external storms, they stir up feelings, and they stir up hurts, and and hang-ups, and anxieties, and they interrupt the flow of life, and they cause drama. Drama, drama, drama. It's it's not fun, and it's not easy, and, and we don't want to be part of it. We, we want it to go away. We want it to stop. But, but the storm, it, it rages on. But as I'm looking through Scripture, I see different storms occurring. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm reading as the children of God are, are experiencing a different storm than those that are not children of God. I think about Noah. Noah is called of God to build an ark because God's going to send a flood and he's going to take out humanity because humanity has become so sinful and turned his back on God. It's the only time that God ever did it and he said that he will never do it again. And and so here's the situation that Noah's in and he builds this ark and, and, and the storms come. And those outside of the ark are destroyed. But those inside of the ark, because they changed their storm experience by stepping onto the ark of God, they were at peace while everyone else was destroyed. I think about Paul in the New Testament. He's in a storm. The Bible tells us that he is in a storm and he's a prisoner in this storm. And he, the prisoner, is completely calm and everything's okay in his world while the Roman guards that are sent with him, the soldiers that are sent with him, they are absolutely freaked out. They're freaked out so badly that, that Paul, the prisoner, finally tells them, listen, guys, just calm down. In fact, you had not eaten anything for days. You, you best eat something. In, in my mind, I think here's Paul, the prisoner. He's sitting there with a big loaf of bread and he's got olive oil and he's got cheese in there and, and a little bit of spices. And he, he's like... It's a storm on a boat, you know, so you're like this. And, and so he's, he's dipping his bread. This is really good. And the, and the soldiers are all messed up. They all know they're going to die. They can't eat. They're, they're so afraid. And that's what the Bible says. They were afraid they couldn't eat. And Paul's like, guys, God, an angel of the Lord came to me and, and, and said, yeah, the ship is going to go down, but no one is going to lose their lives. And so, man, just, just eat something. Come on, you really need to eat something. They were experiencing a terrible storm they were afraid of. In fact, it was called Eurachlodon. <laughs> now, that sounds like a powerful storm right there. It, in essence, means nor'easter. But here they are experiencing one storm while their prisoner... It's experiencing an entirely different storm. The physical storm is the same, but the experience is entirely different. As God's children, we're hurt by the storms that we try to experience without him. Now, there may be some biblically astute people in the, in the sanctuary this morning, and you're saying, well, wait a minute, what about Jonah? 
Jonah was God's prophet. He was called of God. He had a word from God. I mean, and yet he was in the storm. He was in the storm, such a storm, that they threw him over the side of the boat, swallowed by a fish. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty big. And it is. But the only reason Jonah was in that storm, experiencing that situation, was because he was running away from what God had told him to do. Jonah knew exactly what to do the entire time, which is why it was Jonah that said, throw me overboard. Now, he didn't know God had a fish there for him, because who knows that God has a fish there for you, okay? Really, who knows? I can't blame Jonah for that. But he didn't know that, but he did know, well, if everybody's going to lose their life, I know that I can save their lives just by giving mine, because I'm the one that's not doing what God said to do. And so he's tossed overboard, and the storm's done, and then Jonah lives in the belly of the for how long? You know those are VeggieTales people right there. They are good VeggieTales people. That's the truth. You're right. I'm sorry. I will never ask another question and say VeggieTales again. Nobody's ever going to talk to me again. And here, but here, that's the truth. He's in the, he's in the belly of the fish for three days and then he gets spuck, spuck, spit, 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 spit out. And he goes and does what God says and everything turns out okay. The disciples themselves, they're twice afraid of the storm. The first time they're afraid of the storm is the, the scripture that we just read today. The second time they're afraid of the storm is whenever Jesus goes up on a mountain to pray. They're in a boat. They're rowing across the, the, the lake again. Because that's what you do when you row. And so they're rowing across the lake again. And, and they, they get into the middle, the storm comes up, and they are absolutely know they're going to die. This time Jesus isn't in the boat with them, and so they know they're going to die. And, but Jesus comes walking on the water. Who knew? He calls. Peter says, should I come to you? Peter, Jesus says, yes. Peter jumps out of the boat, walks a little while, which is awesome. And then he sinks because he's afraid. Jesus picks him up and puts him back in the boat and everything goes okay. What we discover is that no matter what is happening in the storm and no matter what the situation is that gets us into the storm, when Jesus makes his will and his presence known, the storm changes in the life of the child of God. In this series, we're we're saying that as a child of God, we can change the storm within us or around us as long as Jesus is with us. We can, but the changes are personalized because each storm and the effect of the storm is personal. What affects me may not affect you. In fact, in in my world, uh, when we were in Texas and and had that house in Tomball, our our house flooded twice. The first first time it flooded, we we were sleeping. It was like 1230 in the morning, and my brother-in-law, Lucas, was staying with us. And his, uh, his room was in the garage because I don't like him very much. And, and the garage was kind of sunken down, so the level of the garage was below the level of the rest of the house. And, and so about 1230, there's a knock on our door, and, and Christy and I are sleeping and wake up and like, yeah, what, what's going on? And, and I hear Luke's voice, and he says, uh, there's water in my room. I said, I said, what? And I'm trying to understand, you know, I just woken up out of a fog. He said, there's water in my room. And we knew the rain was pounding and everything, but, but uh, he, I said, come in, Luke. And so he came in. I said, what's going on? He said, there's water in my room. I woke up and all my stuff is floating. 
I said, oh. So I jumped up and we, Christy and I go into the garage and sure enough, the water level is rising. Now, now here's a key for you. If you look into your garage and the water level is rising, don't open the front door. <laughs> I know that that's not a good idea because in my shorts and my flip-flops, I walked over to the front door and I opened the door because I wanted to see how bad it all was. And so in this dark night, there was inrushed dark water and a black snake. That's what I said. And I want to tell you, I'm standing there in my slippers and my, which is what they call flip-flops in Hawaii, but I'm standing there in flip-flops and shorts and this snake comes rushing in and I can't hardly see it. All I see is something doing this in the water. And we had killed cotton mouths and rattlesnakes in our yard several times. And so I started dancing. I was trying to kill that, you're being, I was trying to kill that snake. And, and I'm, I'm fighting for my life and y'all are laughing about it. I'm just, it's, it's <laughs> repentance is necessary in this house. And so I'm dancing and I'm trying to kill that snake and I'm, and I'm trying to crush it. And, I, and Christy's right behind me. And, and I'm, I'm fighting to save her life. I could be dead in a moment, but I'm trying to save her. And what I didn't know was that she'd had the presence of mind to put on her large uh, rubber boots. And she calmly walked over and picked up a jar and set it down over the snake. It was kind of a tiny snake. But I couldn't see that in the dark water, in the dark night, and everything else. That's impossible to see. Don't judge me. The, uh... <laughs> and so, water came in and flooded the house. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and that was the beginning of the drama. But the drama lasted for months as the house had to be gutted and, and everything else that went on. And, and we lived in an RV in our, in our driveway that some friends had loaned us and what, what a blessing they were. And so we, we lived there for three months. And, and then finally the, the construction guys were, were painting the baseboards. They would redone the walls, redone the floors, redone the house. They were painting the baseboards with oil-based paint and the rains started. And it rained for hours, and we watched as the water levels, levels rose. And that time, we just watched as it rose enough to come washing into the house. And it, it was oil-based paint on the baseboards, and so that was a blessing because it wicked all the paint right off the baseboard and told the insurance company exactly where, how far it had risen. And, uh, and so twice in 30 days, the house flooded had to take that out and start over again. Now, the building of the house was one thing, but let me tell you the other side of that story, and that is, in all reality, until we moved to Sylvania, Ohio, every time it would rain hard while we lived in that house, I couldn't hardly sleep. I'd be up every night, every 20, 30 minutes, I'd be up looking out the window. I wouldn't open the front door, but I'd look out the window. (laughs) And I'd try to see where are the water levels, how, how bad is this? Because I, I, knew, I knew that the storm could flood our house. And it didn't have to be a year from now. They had called it a thousand year, a thousand year, 500 year flood, sorry. And 30 days later, 
The next one happened. Our insurance agent said, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You must have caused the, caught the, the tail end of that last 500 years in the very beginning of this next 500. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how it worked, but I don't like it. It's a tough thing. Now, we changed homes. We moved to Sylvania. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and in doing so, we changed that. And now I can enjoy the sound of rain today. I don't get up every few hours or every few minutes anymore. I change the storm. Thought number two is this. Your faith determines your response to the storm. Your natural response will be aligned with your actual faith. Christy, can you help me really quick? Can, would somebody else help me really quick? Somebody help me. I need one more person. I need three people. Help me, help me, help me. Hold on. Stand over there. Stand over there on that side. One more person. Anybody. Come here. Can, you, can one of y'all help? I'm not going to call him if he doesn't want to come. I'm not going to do it. Thank you. Now, hi, how are you? Very good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you. Um, now, I'm going to tell you something that nobody else in this place knows except for you now, okay? And that is that one of these two people hold $20 in their hand. And if you choose the right person, you get that $20. Because the Lord is shining upon you right now, okay? And so I want you to just decide out of the two of them which one's holding $20 and go get it from them. Yeah, right now. You got $20. Uh, and it really is yours, by the way. Just hold on. Now I'm, I'm going to tell this, the, uh, the back side of that. She had faith when she looked at these two people standing up here. This one's her mother, by the way. Um, she had faith that one of them had $20 because I told her. And then she looked at one and looked at the other and she judged which one she thought had the money. She had faith in Christy and none in Winnell. <laughs> Maybe that tells another story, I don't know. But her faith drove her actions. Thank you very much and God bless you for that $20. You see, Her faith drove her actions, and I've got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 11 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this we see, this story, we see two areas of faith. We see the faith of the disciples in the storm. Their faith is in the storm. And then we see the faith of Jesus and his Father to protect him from the storm. Now when, when, you, when you think about that, you say, well, wait a minute. The, the disciples, did they really have faith in the storm? They had faith like I did. It doesn't say that faith in God is the substance of. It says faith is the substance of. And so this, this faith, I placed my faith in the storm's ability to flood my house more than I placed my faith in God's ability to protect my house from the flood. And so I lived in fear of something that did not happen. I was up, I lost sleep over something that did not happen. My life was changed because I put my faith in something different. And I've been in that place where I realized that the faith of yesterday is drowning in today's storm. It's a terrible place. But it's only, also the only place where faith can be established. Faith declared in the calm is proven in the storm. You say, I, I believe that Jesus is going to take care of me. And then when the storm comes up and you lose it, that's because your faith declared isn't your faith 
believed. Here's my encouragement to you and I today. Don't let your current situation steal your previous revelation. Don't let it. What you knew on the shore to be true is still true in the middle of the lake. Storm or not, it's still true in the middle of the lake. Now, Jesus had faith in his father. And that faith allowed him to be at peace. You might say, wait a minute, I don't know that Jesus had faith. I mean, how would Jesus operate in faith? Well, we know he operated in faith first because the Bible says he he was tempted in all points just as are we. And faith is one area of temptation that we have in this life. But secondly, we know he operated in faith because of the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he comes to that place where he's so stressed and he's sweating drops of blood. And, and, and he says to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. He's saying, I don't want to do it this way, but I will if that's what you tell me to do. Because I trust you enough. And he submits his will to the Father's will. And he suffers physically. And he dies for you and I. And he does it because he has faith that God will accomplish his will through his life. Jesus is operating in faith. And in your life, I'm encouraging you. Place your faith in something that is greater than the storms of life. The storm is big. Yes, it is. The storm is difficult. Yes, it is. The storm is, is scary. Yes, it is. But even more than that, the storm is deceitful. The storm is deceitful in that it will try to convince you that it is bigger than anything else out there. It will try to convince you that life is now a storm. Your whole life is a storm. Everything you've ever done, everything you'll ever do from here on out, it's going to be in the middle of a storm. It causes us to think that the storm is the whole world. Right now, tropical uh, super typhoon tip is the largest storm on record, and I think we have a picture of that. This tropical storm was 1,380 miles across. That's the distance from Dallas to New York, New York. That is a big storm. But if we want to put that storm into context, it was 1,380 miles across, but it would take 18 tips to wrap around the globe, which is 24,902 miles around. The storm would like you to think that it is the whole world. But tip was a total of 1,494,954 square miles. That's how much land it covered, area it covered rather. But again, to put that into context, the earth is 197 million square miles. It would take, if 131 tips tried to cover the earth, there would still be an area missing. There would still be an area uncovered. What I'm trying to tell you is that the storm could not cover all that God created. It never has, and it never will. The only time a, a singular storm affected the whole world was when God released the storm. And that's the story of Noah. 
But he said he'll never do that again, which tells you and I that we don't, we don't have to worry about the storm being the entirety of our life. The storm will go. And yes, you might be in the very center of it and you might have a thousand three hundred and ninety miles across that you're going to have to travel somehow that you're going to have to deal with. But one day the storm will be over. The storm will not last forever. And in fact, God will take you to a place where the storm itself cannot survive. Eventually, even Hurricane Tip, Typhoon Tip blew out and was no longer a threat to anybody. I'm telling you that God is going to take care of you. You are his child and he can change the storm in your life. The storm's power is in the fear that it produces. The financial situation has shifted. Educational opportunities seem gone. The relationship is getting worse. And so it just, the fear rises up. Fear rises up. But Jesus, knowing his father and trusting his father, lay in the bottom of that boat and he slept peacefully in the middle of the storm. Can I tell you today that if God is not done with you yet, which is fundamentally what Jesus understood. If God is not done with you yet, then there's no storm that can take you home. There's no no enemy that can end your life if God's not done with you yet. And the reason I know God's not done with you yet is because you're here right now. You could be sitting there and instantly be taken from time into eternity. And if God is calling you home, then there is no medical technology that can keep you here. The fact is you are here and so that tells you and I both that God's not done with you and that whatever storm you may be in right now cannot. It's not that it will not take you out, it's that it cannot take you out. It does not have authority over you. Why? Because your father is in control. In fact, if you think about it, your father created the wind, your father created the waves, your father created the rain, your father created it all. The storm of your life is comprised of everything that your father created and controls. It can't take you out if your father says no. Praise God. And thought number three is this. Relationship with God is the difference maker. The difference maker. When Jesus revealed his presence and made known his will, the storm changed. So let's settle this presence issue. His will and his presence. Well, the scripture says in Hebrews 13, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That means no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what kind of storm or boat you're in, He has not left you, and he won't. The disciples found themselves rowing across, and Jesus was up there on the the mountain, and he was praying, and, and, and so on, and they thought, he's not with us, how can he possibly do a thing? But what they didn't recognize was while Jesus was not with them physically, there was no place they couldn't go where he couldn't reach. And so here they are rowing furiously, thinking their their time on earth is done. And suddenly they see Jesus over there taking a stroll on the water. The very thing that was making their life a total wreck, a total disaster, seemed like it was over. Jesus was just kind of strolling on. 
I don't know what's going on in your world and I don't know what's, what's happening in your life right now, but what I can tell you is that Jesus hasn't left you. You're not all by yourself. The storm may be crazy, but he's there with you. So what about his will? His presence and his will. Are you engaged in his will? Are you, are you making his will known in your life and through your life? Are you doing what he has called you to do? Are you engaged with him? He's not left you. Have you engaged with him? In this series, we're, we're going to be outlining keys to changing your storm. And we're using the example of Jesus here to do that. And I believe there are some people who maybe you've been dealing with storm after storm in your life. And it just rocks your world every single time. I'm believing that through this series, you're going to gain some keys from Scripture that you're, you're going to start seeing a change in your storm. Maybe you can't change what's going on in the world around you. Maybe there's still stuff happening out there. But your storm is different. The storm's raging and and maybe Micah Sutton is up at night with a flashlight peering out windows trying to see, is is the storm going to affect our life this time? And and I can't sleep and I'm I'm stressed about it and, and so on. And you're over there just sleeping like a baby. Because you've changed your storm. And so, so it might be the same storm covering both of our homes, but it's affecting my life one way and it's affecting your life entirely different. That's what I'm believing for in this series. That's what I'm believing God to do in your life. That, I, I, I'm trusting that he's going to do something beyond our imagination. We're not going to be storm chasers. And maybe we have been storm survivors. But today, we're becoming storm changers. And everything's going to be different. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying that for each and every one that's in the middle of a storm, a storm of their own creation or a storm that blew up without their knowledge, just suddenly it was upon them. I pray right now that you would give them the strength and the courage to become storm changers. That they would not be victims of the storm they're in, but they would be victorious over the storm. That there would be a peace and a comfort that would rise up within them. That they would be certain that their faith is established in you. No matter what else happens in this world, unless you decide to take them home, they cannot be destroyed by whatever storm it may be. I'm asking you, Jesus, to use your people, to bless your people, and to give them strength. In a moment, we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing this closing song and elders are going to come forward and we're going to pray with people. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, I encourage you to just come forward and let us pray with you. It doesn't have to do with anything. It doesn't specifically have to connect with what I've preached. But we're here to pray with you and believe God for miracles in your life. But I'm asking you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this service? And as we sing, I ask you to let the Lord just talk to you and deal with you and lead you. You're not a storm chaser. You're not just a survivor. But in Jesus' name, you're a storm changer. Amen.
Let's stand on our feet. Elders, would you come and let's sing to them.